Hello everyone and welcome to the Caramel Rock podcast. I'm your host Renata Hoga. In every episode we will be talking to a different guest working within the fashion and creative industry. We will be discussing their career journeys whilst also focusing on an interesting fashion related topic. Today's guest is Amadeep Singh Sora. Amadeep first came across Caramel Rock during his first year at university. Although he was already studying a non-fashion related subject, Amadeep attended a summer fashion course at Caramel Rock because he wanted to further pursue his passion and interest in fashion. Since his time at Caramel Rock, Amadeep has launched his own fashion brand under the name Shift Zero and worked on a range of multidisciplinary design projects. In our conversation, Amadeep takes us through his journey into fashion. He goes into detail about his time at Caramel Rock and shares with us how Shift Zero came to be. With all that being said, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Caramel Rock podcast, Amadeep. If you'd like to just tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey so far. Um, so name's Amadeep. Um, so I'm a fashion designer. Um, I'm very much like into the arts as well. So I do other things like graphic design, um, things to do with new EP covers, like stuff like that. But my main priority is um, fashion design. Um, I kind of got into it when I was at uni, when I realized my degree is something that I didn't want to do. So I quickly found something that I did want to do and it kind of just skyrocketed from there. Taught myself how to sew, how to do certain things, downloaded all like the right software and just started practicing really. Nice. And what was it that enticed you to decide that you wanted to pursue fashion design? My main two loves have always been the sports and arts. And when I wanted to go into the arts, um, fashion was something that was always kind of top of my list. I was always into clothing. I was always into how I dressed. Um, always trying to push the boundary a little bit, especially being from like East London where, you know, everyone is just tracksuit, 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 which I'm not adverse to at all. But at the same time, you want to switch it up a little bit. You want to show people you can do other things. And fashion especially enticed me because I didn't feel like anyone around me or anyone I knew was in that industry. Anyone was trying to pursue that kind of goal. And it was just something that I wanted to take further. Nice. And um, you mentioned that you were at uni. You were studying initially um, sports science, wasn't it? And then so how did you hear about Caramel Rock? It was by chance, actually. Um, I had a friend that was working at Caramel Rock and um, she told me about, um, I think it was like a two to three month course where it was basically the foundations of fashion. It was touching all the different elements, uh, pattern cutting, sewing, um, design, how to start concepts for like fashion lines, how to use all the software. And because I knew I wanted to be in fashion, but didn't entirely know what avenue I wanted to take, I thought this is a great course. It was during one of my summers off from uni. I think it was my first year summer. Um, I was supposed to go on holiday and everything and I cancelled all my holidays. I was like, I'm doing this course instead. And everyone just looked at me like I'm a nutter. They were like, what? What do you mean you're not coming on the boys' holiday? I was like, no, I'm doing the course instead. And I remember I um, took a part-time job in that summer as well. And for those two, three months, I was doing part-time in the morning, finishing work, going to the course, going home every single day for like three months. <laughs> So I was doing like 13, 14 hour days. Like I enjoyed it a lot. 
that's mad you definitely have like the passion for fashion <laughs> yeah do you know what when i say that sometimes it sounds so cheesy but it is true <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you were on there during the summer away from studying sports science you were doing um working part-time and also doing the caramel rock um course other than like managing your time and running around what were the challenges of being there challenges explaining to the people around me what the hell I'm doing <laughs> like it was, it was it was kind of like a you're doing sports science at uni where did the fashion stuff come from that was definitely a challenge the other challenge was kind of learning the industry i remember how helpful my tutors were at caramel rock in terms of like describing and being honest with me about how the industry was sometimes you can be naive when you're not from an industry and believe that okay if you're good enough you'll get the job or you'll get the role. But it's like most industries is certain people control it at the top. They want people who look a certain way, talk a certain way, dress a certain way. In my head, I was like, no, that's not going to happen in fashion. What do you mean? Like, that doesn't happen over here, but it definitely happens on this side of the coin as well. So that was something that I had to learn to navigate as well because I just didn't think it'd be an issue. But apart from that, no, it was pretty good. Like, I think everything I managed to do, it was just learning the industry has been the hardest thing, I think. Yeah, I guess having that support with um, like the tutors and things at Camera Rock really helped kind of level you as well. Because if you're if you're having this assumption that oh, it's going to be so welcoming, blah, blah, blah. But if you have like tutors who can actually give you insight. Yeah, fashion was a completely different ball game to me, completely. Um, so the help from the tutors was, yeah, it helped me. It helped level me. It helped me be less naive I think that's also what helped me want to do more courses as well because as well as having certain skills that I taught myself some people wanted to know that you've studied it somewhere so you've got it on a piece of paper like okay cool I know you can pattern cut but who said you could pattern cut <laughs> yeah because there's a the creative side of doing fashion design and just kind of like coming up with different ways of working but there's also like the technical traditional ways that are fundamental for like doing things so it's good that you were able to get that as well and what were the highlights of being at Caramel Rock? Creating my first ever pieces when I was at uni um, I'd done some t-shirt prints for like a local company but it was just printing on t-shirts Caramel Rock was the first place that I ever created something like had the fabric created the pattern cut the pieces out sewed them together struggled to sew them together um, but it was, yeah, it was that, it was the kind of seeing where I can go from concept to real life and all the steps in between. And for me, that was yeah. like the rewarding bit. I was like, oh, okay, so there's an end goal here. There's a, yeah. Yeah, there's a final product, which always makes me happy. And it's crazy how you were able to do that in just a short amount of time. Like if it was just the summer that you were able to do like the whole process. Yeah. But it, it set me up for like, even when I went back to uni second year, I'm sure there was times where people were coming to my room like, do you study sports science? Like, are you sure that's what you study? And there's like pictures on the wall. There's like a sewing machine in the corner. There's like a little football in one corner. I'd be like, yeah, that's my sports bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do fashion. <laughs> wow. And I think one thing that I really um, admire about what Caramel Rock has is that it's so immersive and it's and it gives you like a wide range of skills that you that you learn. It's not just like, oh, OK, we'll teach you illustration or we'll just teach you sewing because there's a lot of courses that do that. But the fact that you were able to do such a wide range 
and then go back to second year and you're like a whole fashion student. All the boys at uni were like, what did you do over summer? I'm like, bro, I worked hard. Am I supposed to rest over summer? Nope, I did nothing of the sort. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was good. It set me up and it, it also gave me a clearer idea of like where I wanted to be in the industry, what roles I wanted in the industry, um, things like that. So it, it set me up nicely. Yeah. And would you say then that that was one of the biggest highlights that you took away that you you felt very um, prepared to take on? Oh, way uh, more prepared. Way more. Just because, like, like you said before, I went through every single stage of what bit of fashion or like all the different levels of fashion that you can be involved in. If it's illustration, if it's fabric technology, if it's pattern cutting. So I was way, way more aware of, okay, I like doing this. I don't like doing this. I want to aim here. I want to aim here. Um, do I prefer creative direction? Do I prefer being behind the scenes? Do I, these sort of things. It, it posed questions that I hadn't thought about and then it answered questions that I was like, oh, okay, that's how I do this and that's how I do this. So yeah, it was good. And what tips do you have for um, somebody who might be interested in applying um, for a course at Carol Rock or just like fashion design? Tips? Oh, wow. Um, for anyone applying for courses, open, be open-minded. Um, it's very easy to be like, I'm going to, I want to be a designer. So all I'm going to do is design. But then you get into certain aspects of the process and you're like, oh, I like sewing or I like pattern cutting or I like this, this and this. Um, I think from the outside, especially where if, if you haven't done any fashion courses or anything like that, it's, it's very easy not to see all the options within the industry. I think if you keep yeah. your mind open and then you start doing these courses, you start to see how many different roles there is, like roles you didn't even think existed <laughs> like, and are important roles. So I think it's important to keep open-minded. I think if you're going to study fashion in general, I think it's important just to explore. I think one of the best benefits I had was not doing it for four years at uni, but able to do it at my own will at courses like caramel rock so it wasn't as intense as four years it was like okay i'm gonna be here for like two three months but then it's about educating yourself before and after like go to museums go to shows go to like exhibitions i think some people get caught up in the fact that it's just got to be clothes 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 and it's not it's about the whole arts and then I think the more you decide to study the arts and decide to study fashion you realize most of the influences are not anywhere close to anything to do with fashion. Like someone's got their like influence from a painting or a car they saw or like a theatre show that they went to. So I think it's important to be as open-minded in terms of what you're consuming via the arts as possible. That's so true. And I think when you don't limit yourself in terms of like what can inspire you, that's when you, you meet that kind of sweet spot of being like different and being innovative in what you're doing. And also like what you said about like being open-minded for the whole process as well. Because sometimes you might think I'm going to be a fashion designer, therefore I'm going to be great at drawing, I'm going to be great at making, I'm going to be great at everything. But it's like when you get there, it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I was terrible at sewing, like terrible, like real bad. I picked up the sewing machine, I started and it just went flying. I was like, okay, all right, this ain't going to be as easy as just picking up the sewing machine and just sewing. I was like, all right, cool. Practice, 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 practice. Exactly. But also once you get to the, into the industry, there are people that just 
they just want to sew they don't they don't want anything to do with the design side they're happy to kind of just sew I think because people just label it as fashion we assume it's like it's a one-man show but actually there's a lot of different roles within industry like you said that that don't have the title of like fashion designer but it's like a seamstress or a pattern cutter and it's like they still have the knowledge but they're just more specialized in a specific skill like honestly just as important I mean I don't know how many fashion labels can survive without their seamstresses or their pattern cutters or even like their designers because there's designers and there's the creative director sometimes the creative director is not even designing too tough he's got the team underneath him who are doing all the sketches doing all the drawings creative directors obviously pushing the boat but there is a big boat (laughs) underneath him like full of roles exactly um but yeah but I think in the beginning stages it's just good to just try everything and then figure out what it is that's how I went into my into that first course because it it was the first fashion course I'd ever done so it was brand new to me and I was like okay I'm just gonna try everything if I don't try everything then I'm not gonna know what I want to do exactly and from that you then kind of did more courses and things and then you then decided to start off your own brand so Shift Zero, tell us a little bit about how the brand idea came about and what's like the meaning behind the name. Um, That came out from, like I said, I was naive at the beginning. So I kind of felt to myself, all right, you've got these skills, you can draw, you can illustrate, you can now pattern cut, you've been practicing for a couple of years. I was in, I think, my third year uni. I'm like, you can do all these skills, like apply to jobs, get a design role. Like, what do you mean? You're good enough kind of thing. Applying, applying to roles. Some roles were just like, nope, you haven't studied at uni. You've got no experience. We're not even giving you an interview. Some roles would give me like stage one interviews. I'd get to the interview and they'd say the same thing. Like, We're not taking you to stage two. We don't think you've got enough experience. No, 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 no. This kind of became a bit of a cycle in my third year uni. Because I was in Coventry Uni, so I was travelling down to London for interviews. And then any time I'm coming back up, everyone's like, how's the interview go? I'm like, guys, didn't get it. No way that I got it. Like, why are they calling you in for the interview if you haven't, if they don't want you to be experienced enough for all of this kind of stuff? And I was like, I have no idea. Um, so it got to a point where I was frustrated. And then all the people around me was like, just start your own brand. I'd never thought about it. In my head, my way, the way it was going to go was like, naive again i'm gonna get a job at a luxury brand i'm gonna work my way up become creative director (laughs) not how life works (laughs) um so we were just like all right let's start our own brand so i think we just locked ourselves in our house it was me and my two housemates for about three days didn't leave like brainstorming ordering takeaways in like had the whiteboard up why are we calling it this? What's the meaning behind this? And then shift zero came because it's literally the shift from zero. Like starting from scratch, no experience, no qualifications. It's like, all right, we're going to start this. So yeah, shift zero. That's how the name came about. <laughs> That's crazy that you guys are just like, we're going to lock ourselves in and it's going to come to us. We're not leaving. <laughs> if you saw some of the names that we came up with, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it was embarrassing. <laughs> Some of the names we still laugh about. It's like, do you imagine we could have called it this, you know? I'm like, no way. <laughs> like, it was bad. So it, it took three days of, no, we're not using that name yet. We're using that name, combining names and then doing logos as well, because we didn't want a name that we didn't have something that could represent it as well. So it was a case of finding the name and then, okay, what's the logo going to look like? We need a logo, even though it's not going to be plastered over all the designs. 
We need something to that someone can see and be like, yeah, I know that Shiv Zero kind of thing. And in that, in those three days, were you guys talking about like who the brand was going to be for as well? And how did you guys decide on that? Most of that was based around my ideas and what I wanted to do in terms of design. So a lot of my aesthetic is based around sports, based around 90s, 80s kind of hip hop on sports silhouettes, but then also using like high end luxury fabrics. So it was that kind of look. So we'll, who's our target market? Where do we want it to be stocked eventually? How many pieces are we going to do in the first run? What colors are we going to be using? Like I said before, it's not going to be slapped full of logos. So it's going to be mainly about the design, the structure. So where we're going to aim it, who we're going to get to manufacture it. Do we have contacts? All of this kind of stuff. So we went through all the kind of businessy bits. Um, then even once we had the name and the logo sorted, for the next year, it was, it was a case of sorting out all the business side. Things are copyrighted. Uh, we've got manufacturers, at least three. We've got a fabric guys, at least three. We've got these sort of people. What, what can we do to cut costs, pattern cut, design, um, go here, go here, buy fabrics from abroad kind of thing. Um, so it was like a hot year afterwards where everything needed to be sorted out behind the scenes before we could even start producing clothes because we just wanted to make everything like on that side secure, like airtight. So we had an issue where one of the manufacturers that we reached out to when we was taking meetings with him, we didn't really know, but he was basically just taking all the ideas. And then um, when we had copyrighted the name, there's like a cooling off period. So you have like a period of like, two to three months where someone can challenge the name or someone can even try and take the name if they pay enough money to me. And then we realized a couple of months after that the same manufacturer that we had been going to tried to take the name. <laughs> and we got, I got a letter through the post and it had his address on it. And I rang him. I'm like, what are you doing? Never heard from him since. And this was like a big manufacturer who was working for like Marks and Spencer's top man. So he's producing like big, big units had called us in like three, four times. Be like, I want to manufacture everything. I want to do all of these. But really, he was just trying to take the idea. So we were kind of like grateful that we had RN covered. Because when he tried, it was just like, ha, shame. <laughs> it was like, you thought we were just someone stupid and we hadn't had anything covered and we hadn't had all the business side covered, which I think no one, again, teaches you about. But it's so yeah. important to have that side covered because, yeah, otherwise someone, something can come back and just bite you. Yeah, I was going to say that because I think uh, with a lot of creators, it's the business side that we find like difficult to transition. In. It's interesting that that was like one of your first protocols that you weren't just going to invest in the design and creative first, but you actually all focused on making sure you were covered on the business side. Yeah, it had to be airtight. We just didn't want anything coming back to to buy us or anyone being like, no, you can't use that name or no, that's our design or things like that. Or even to a case where if we released designs, we were covered in case someone tried to copy them. So it was both ways kind of thing. We wanted to make sure it was airtight. Yeah, but do you think that was because you weren't coming from like the art side? Well, it's the left side and the right side of the brain kind of thing, isn't it? When it comes to creatives and, and business. But what was it that made you think, okay, like, other than the fact that you wanted to be covered, but you were going to stop the design um, process and just focus on... Because obviously you didn't do business, I'm assuming... So you had to teach yourself that as well. So how was... It was a case of kind of just wanting to protect our own design and protect our own entity. 
it, having our own entity never really crossed our minds like early on. And then when it did, it was like, okay, cool. Now we need to start thinking in a different way. We're not just designing here. We're not just doing pieces of clothing here. It's going to be running a business. So we're going to need to know the ins and outs. We need to do several YouTube tutorials, um, all of that. And make sure that when we walk into and because i was starting to realize that when we were walking into certain rooms whether it's manufacturers whether we we're looking for funding or when, whether we we're looking for anything like that um the same questions were being asked about the business side have you copyrighted this have you trademarked this and it was like all right cool we need answers to these questions we can't just be like walking into everyone like yeah we're gonna sort that out yeah, yeah, yeah we're gonna sort that yeah. it needs to be like yeah we've got that yep yeah, we've got that yeah, that's sorted. Yeah. We've got a VAT number. Yep. Yeah, here, take it. <laughs> like kind of thing. Just so then they took us more seriously because I found like early stages, especially me personally, no one took me seriously at all. Everyone was just thinking, oh, he's just going to do like a streetwear brand. He just wants to do a couple of t-shirts. Like he just wants to make a big butt and, you know, just kind of like hype beast. Like no one took me seriously. Even when I was asking for help, like from tutors at my uni who work in, in the fashion um, department, no one took me seriously. I was like, all right, cool. I've got to take myself seriously then. Because then if no one else is, then when I walk into a room and they ask me certain questions, it needs to be yes, 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 yes. Not yeah. like, oh, I'm going to sort that. Oh, I haven't even looked at that. Oh, what's that? That's the worst one when you're like, oh, what's that? Yeah. So I didn't want any yeah. of that. I didn't because I haven't got a degree as it anyway. So that's the first, that used to be the first deterrent to anyone that, wanted to help or were asking questions about like my fashion journey so if that's going to be the first deterrent that i can't actually change all the other things i can change like i can do those things and have those patterned so i just wanted yeah. to make sure i was on top of that and i think it does just highlight like how closed off the industry really is but adds more merit to why like organizations like Cara Morocco are so important because it gives spaces for people who didn't have um those experiences or those opportunities to be in those spaces and if it felt so comfortable because i'm from east london as well so when i found out it was in canning town i was like yes you know sometimes it could be like you see a fashion course and it's in like mayfair and i'm like if i turn up to this am i just gonna get looked at weird or like as soon as a canning town yes i was like yes all right cool i'm good here i'm comfortable here you know like i'm it's put me at ease a little bit more <laughs> yeah that's great and I guess one of the things that kind of gave you confidence to kind of continue pursuing this um, was having your team and your friends as well. Was there anything that pushed you? Because obviously we've talked about quite a lot of um, obstacles that could have like stopped you completely. Like the fact that you were getting rejected for jobs or the fact that you, you know, you didn't have a degree, but you still had like other qualifications. What was it that made you say, despite of all these things that I'm kind of facing, I still want to do it? Self-belief majority self-belief because if you don't believe you can do it when people are saying no 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 then there's actually no point there's got to be a level of okay i'm gonna still do this this is gonna be sick i believe in my own source kind of thing and it was also with, with the people around me it was very much a case of people reminding me that i'm doing something that no one's done like i said to you earlier in the in the session no one I know is a fashion designer. No one I know studied it. No one in my family's ever done it. Like my family very typical in terms of like professions. No one around me I know has done it. So it was it was kind of a case of like go on, Amma. like show people that we can do this as well. 
And for me, it's very much a case of I want to show the people around me that we don't have to do everything the typical way or you don't have to end up on the streets. There's, you don't, it's, not, it's not one or the other. It's like, I'm a footballer or a rapper or I end up on road. It's not, these aren't the three options. Like, <laughs> there's more options, guys. Like, do you know what I mean? We've got more options. <laughs> Um, and it took one of, even one, one of my olders as well to even mention that to me. Cause when I started to go off the sports thing, cause I was playing football forever, wasn't even supposed to go to uni. Like I was playing in academies and then my parents pulled me out of the academies and like, you're going to uni. I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean I'm going to uni? Like, you're going to uni, enough of the football. And I was like, ah, all I've known is this. What am I going to do at uni? So I literally picked sports science because it had sports in the, <laughs> in the title kind of thing. But it's, it's the same way where one of my olders was just like, Hammer, what are you doing? Like, you're better than hanging around with us every day. I know the football thing didn't happen, but find something because this is not the be all and end all of life. Like the end of your road and the end of the block is not the be all and end all of life. I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. So it was kind of a kick from him, a kick from myself and the kind of rejection and the, oh, you haven't studied uni thing, that just spurred me on. That was just extra fuel. I mean, if I kind of, I don't know if it had been different if everyone had been welcoming, but, <laughs> but <laughs> that was just a kind of like, oh, well, I can't do this. Uh, let me show you I can do this. Yeah, a lot of the time, once you get that note, it's kind of hard to get back up. I think especially in the arts, you need a tough skin. It's facts. You need a need, need a tough skin because they're going to judge you on how good you are. They're going to judge you on where you're from, how you talk, how you look like. And if you're not prepared, obviously they shouldn't be judging you on all these things. But if you're not prepared to understand that's how sometimes they base their opinions, then every single time it happens, it's just going to annoy you. And you're just going to go back to square one. You're going to get angry. And you're just going to kind of stay in a rut. If you understand, all right, cool. Next one. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you I can do this. I'm going to show you I can do that. To the point where even if you don't like me, I'm undeniable. <laughs> so you're going to have to take me. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. How would you describe the brand aesthetic? So the brand aesthetic is very contemporary luxury based. It's got like a 90s hip hop feel. Um, still got the same sort of silhouettes, but the fabric, the fabrication of the collections are very different. So you will never get like a tracksuit in a typical material. But you might get the shape, which is familiar. Um, nice pops of color. There's a lot of like art influence around it, um, especially like the primary colors, like Mondrian influence. So you can see certain art influences. You can see music influences. Um, yeah, I feel like that's the state for the brand. That's cool. So we've mentioned like how you've been inspired by arts and a bit of culture as well. How important is that for you in your practice? Yeah, the music and arts, like super important. I think the, especially the connection between music and fashion, they're so like closely connected. Um, music in terms of how it makes you feel, like the attitude it gives you. And you've got to remember a lot of these artists are wearing these clothes, like are, are the forefront of these clothes. And Sometimes for me, it can be done cheaply where like, I don't know, an artist has just been thrown clothes with a trillion and one logos on it. 
he's just thinking or she's just thinking, oh, yeah, I've got Gucci. No one cares about the design. Whereas before it used to be more about, okay, how does this fit me? How does this look? We don't care about a logo. How, how does this represent me? How does this piece of clothing represent where I'm from, what I'm doing, my attitude, how, how I am as a person? That's kind of been lost a little bit. And so trying to bring that back, but it's a huge, like I said before, it's a huge influence. It's music's the attitude I put into designing, the attitude I even put into when I'm wearing the clothing. If I'm listening to a certain song, it takes me right to that place. And then in terms of the arts, that's a lot of my color inspirations. A lot of the inspirations initially around Shift Zero came from art. So the fact that we use a lot of kind of graphic designs and we're heavy on shapes and um, geometric design all comes from cubism. So that all came from a book that I'd got given in the art class and it was on cubism and it just blew my mind. I was like, oh, these shapes are funny. And it's like, oh, I can do this. Like I can shape things like this. I can do graphics like this. I can have, and then you start thinking, oh, I can shape clothes like this. So that's a big influence on like the shaping of the clothes, colorways. So what can people look forward to in terms of like what you guys are up to at the minute? Um, more collaborations. So as people know, we did a collaboration last year with Amanda David, a jewelry collaboration. So we're working on another one. Um, we've got a Shift Zero collection coming out this year. Probably going to break down the collection into capsules. So it'll be like three to four drops during the year that people can look forward to. Me personally, um, I've been collaborating with a lot of people. So I've started collaborating with a radio station, um, Plus One Radio. So we dropped a, a charity drop for the NSARS relief. So it was the first drop for the radio station. And that went really well. So then we're going to drop another full collection in a couple of months as well. Um, what else am I working on? I've been styling a lot of videos. Um, more pieces for other artists as well. So I'm working on some bespoke pieces for a few individual artists. Very busy. Very busy. Um, wanting to shoot some um, short films as well that we're plotting on for the end of the year. So just, again, just to show that it's just not all fashion, 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 fashion. Um, some of the short, the short films are going to be very... Um, politically driven. I think there's a lot to speak about and we haven't really had a chance to speak about a lot because everyone's been locked up, COVID. But if we have a platform, we've got a responsibility to talk about things. It's not just everyday clothing, everyday music, everyday art. So there's some short films that we want to direct towards the end of the year as well. So they'll be coming out as well. Nice. Sounds very busy and very exciting. I guess that just highlights as well how transferable the skills are when it comes to design itself because the fact that you're working with charities you're also still building a capsule collection but you're also in a way styling and working with jewelry it's very like everywhere but in a controlled way in a controlled way and it's it's it's, it's everywhere as long as you want it to be everywhere i think when people get into fashion industry it's very much the focus is clothing everyone just thinks clothes 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 but the fashion industry also it needs art directors it needs jewelry it needs accessory design it needs these sort of things so yeah it's, it's like we said at the beginning it's easy to get into the industry and be like all right i'm doing one thing and one thing only but then when you get into it you're like i can do a thousand things yeah exactly no limit in yourself and where can people find you in your work so me on, on instagram amadeep ss um the shift zero instagram is shift zero official 
And it's the same for Twitter, Facebook. Um, the Shift Zero website is shiftzero.co.uk. And yeah, that's where you can find all my work. So most of all the work will get posted on my page. Only the Shift Zero stuff gets posted on the Shift page. It's like all my extra styling stuff, the charity drop, um, any like bespoke designs I've done, even like artwork that I've done over quarantine. That's all on my page. Cool. Well, thank you for chatting with us. It's been great. You're welcome. I enjoyed it a lot. This episode is brought to you by Catamore Rock. Before wrapping up the episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about the charity. For each episode of this season, I will discuss one of the five arms of Catamore Rock. In the last episode, I spoke about the first arm, which is fashion and creative arts. The second arm of Caramel Rock is education. At Caramel Rock, we believe that everybody has the right to education. Everybody has the right to be empowered, inspired and given an opportunity to uncover their highest potential in life. Our goal is to enrich the lives of individuals through our fashion, art and design and hair and beauty courses and traineeships. For us, education is power. It's a tool that can improve and sharpen lives, but most importantly, we use it to close the skill gap within the fashion sector. We work with great initiatives such as the Knit One, Change One and the Commonwealth Fashion Council to offer our students exciting industry experiences and encourage them to come together with a shared vision and one voice to advance their community. We have come to the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. We would love to know what you thought about this episode. Send us an email with your feedback at admin at If you like the episode, please share it. Be sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast on your favourite podcast listening app. Caramel Rock is a fashion and creative arts educational charity focusing on developing the next generation of designers and creatives by providing training and job opportunities to young people. To register onto one of our courses or to find out more about us, visit caramelrock.com or DM us on Instagram at caramelrockofficial. I've been your host, Renata Hoger. See you on the next episode.